This is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z, telling it like it is. It's the real new thing, Woka Cola. Do you feel like you're stuck in the past? Do you feel that the new generation is leaving you behind? Are you blind to the oppression of a man? Do you have a desire to be more woke to our new changing world? If so, Woka Cola is just for you. All the same great cola taste, no calories, and all the white guilt you can muster. Every can depicts a two-part story, so you can learn about the evil white oppressors on the back and the heroes of oppressed America on the front, and the untold stories about how those oppressed heroes never got recognized. Available in 10-ounce cans, 20-ounce bottles, and 40-ounce malt liquor-sized containers, the new Woka Cola is waiting for you at discount convenience stores, liquor stores, bottle shops, and your favorite grocery. Look for the raised fist on the front and the bowing Caucasian on the rear of every can of Woka Cola. Drink some now, and you can be woke. everybody, welcome back to the Truth Hurts program. It is Steve Z coming to you from the front seat of the old F-250. So no script, just off the cuff commentary of a conservative common sense nature. Traveling down to New Orleans to do an umpire job. I'll be mediating two disputed sides to a major insurance claim. One side says the storm didn't cause the damage because it's a 65-year-old damaged roof with years and years of decay and deterioration, previous years and years of exposure to heating and cooling, to wet and dry periods, and a multitude of hurricanes, tropical storms, and torrential downpours and heavy wind events throughout the 65-year history of this house with a tile, terracotta Spanish tile roof on it. Of course, the other side says that a wind event on July 4th of 2020 caused the direct damage to the home and all of the interior water damage and mold and everything else going on on the inside. Strangely enough, the wind speeds recorded at the New Orleans International Airport and the New Orleans Lakefront Airport, the two closest official National Weather Service reporting stations said that the wind never even reached 30 miles per hour on that reported date of loss. It's going to be interesting. I'm trying my best to keep an open mind as the third-party disinterested mediator of these two sides. I'll let you know how that works out on a later program. But in the meantime, I am driving along Interstate 12, which runs between Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Slidell, Louisiana, on the north shore above Lake Pontchartrain bypassing the city of New Orleans, Metairie, Kenner, and the jungles of New Orleans East. And it gets you up and over the entirety of the New Orleans metro area. I'll be cutting off halfway through, going down the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway Bridge, the world's largest overwater, continuous overwater bridge. Oh, I'm sorry, second longest. China had to go and build one a an eighth of a mile longer just so they could claim the title. That bridge in China doesn't join any two really populated areas. The Chinese government just wanted to be better than the U.S. at yet something else. 
As I travel along this very heavily traveled Interstate 12 corridor, which runs again west to east from Baton Rouge to Slidell, Louisiana, just shy of the Louisiana-Mississippi border, on one end you have Interstate 10 at Baton Rouge, and towards the middle of this interstate you have a north-south um, Interstate 55, which comes basically down from Illinois straight down crossing Interstate 12 at the town of Hammond, Louisiana, and then on down towards Laplace, Louisiana, where it terminates into Interstate 10. On the far eastern side of this east-west interstate bypass known as Interstate 12 is the city of Slidell, Louisiana, where I-12 meets Interstate 10 again, running over towards Gulfport, Biloxi, Pensacola, and all the way to the east to Florida. And there's also an intersection of Interstate 59 right at the end of I-12. It's a three-way interstate connection, which meets Interstate 59, which runs north through Mississippi and then eventually into Alabama, etc. So there's the geographic layout of today's journey for you here on the Truth Hurts program. Traffic is really bad. This interstate has been two lanes in either direction, two lanes eastbound, two lanes westbound. And over its 83-mile length, that's all it is, 83 miles of interstate from east to west or west to east, it is two lanes. Coming out of Baton Rouge, it was expanded to three lanes, and that westward three-lane expansion goes all the way to the Livingston Parish line. It will encompass three lanes through Livingston Parish in the next three years. And from the east side, St. Tammany Parish is in the process of the major road destruction slash construction expansion to three lanes. And that will terminate at Tangipahoa Parish to its west. So you'll have free-flowing three lanes and then bottlenecking down to two lanes and then reopening to three lanes again. Makes no sense. Why not just do three lanes the whole way? But hey, who the hell am I? Just a taxpayer who utilizes this roadway from time to time. On the Truth Hurts program, we like to point out hypocrisy and the double standard exercised by the left and their willing accomplices in the mainstream media. I want you to imagine for just a moment the hypocrisy of the critical race theory. That's the shiny object, the shiny gold medallion that everyone is paying attention to right now. And that is the focal point of conservative media efforts right now to stem the tide of the socialist, Marxist, communist, so-called inclusion, so-called racial equality and equity process that they're trying to fool us into thinking doesn't exist. In speaking with several conservative, common-sense-minded school teachers of Republican affiliation who have to keep their political thoughts to themselves and they wouldn't dare espouse their conservative leanings to their highly unionized, very liberal, progressive counterparts in the school system, they're forced to push this critical race theory lie onto their students. But it's not just the CRT that they're pushing 
Oh, no, no, my friends. CRT, like I said, that's just the shiny little bubble atop the cake. For decades now, insofar as I can remember, my children, who are now in their 30s and 20s, would come home with assignments from their history classes and their civics classes and their other classes where they were being indoctrinated into socialism as long as 20 years ago, as far back as then, and probably even farther back. There were times where I would scream at the textbooks and explain to my kids that those were lies printed there and not to believe the bullshit that was being put forth to them, fed to them like baby formula, to teach them wrong instead of right. I remember when I was in school, 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue and he was a hero for he helped to discover what is now the greatest country on the face of planet Earth, the United States of America. He discovered it in 1492, claimed part of the land for Spain. Then England came along and claimed part of the land for Mother England. And France came along and claimed part of the land for France. Vive la France! Eventually, through war and through treaty negotiations and land swaps and buyouts and other dealings, the United States of America was founded in 1776. It's 240, what, 5? 245 years ago, yeah. But slavery in this nation began in the early 1600s. And I'm not going to go into it. I promised myself I was not going to go into the full detail again of how black people conquered other black people in Africa and sold them into slavery into what is now the U.S. and sold black men, sold other black men into slavery, sold them to other black slave traders. I'm not going to go into that full detail. You've heard it enough. But you don't hear about the hero of Christopher Columbus anymore in the school system. You don't hear about what Christopher Columbus did by discovering this great new land. Nope. Christopher Columbus is now some kind of evil being. Some kind of bad person. Because, after all, he supposedly had slaves on his ships. So your children and your grandchildren will never be taught that Christopher Columbus discovered America. In fact... They will more likely be taught that Christopher Columbus was an imperialist scumbag, a conquistador of sorts, who conquered the indigenous peoples of this land and stole their land and then profited greatly from it, all while utilizing slave labor. He will never, ever, ever be a hero again. He will always be the demon, the evil one. In fact, many school systems throughout the country, and even there's a push right now to rename the city of Columbus, Ohio, something different, to remove the evil stain of the name of Christopher Columbus, who, in 1492, discovered this great new land while crossing the ocean blue. Yes, the lie of critical race theory has permeated the headlines of late, but the systemic, radical lies 
surrounding the founding of our nation, the vilifying of our founding fathers, the demonizing of those great patriots, that has been going on for 30 plus years in our school system. And teachers will tell you, if they want to keep their jobs, they have to teach what they're told to teach. They can't possibly tell the truth because, you know, if the truth were found out, that truth would hurt. It would certainly hurt the CRT movement, the BM movement, the Black Panthers movement, the let's utilize the blacks on the Democrat side to pander for votes movement. Can't have that, folks. That would be wrong. So teachers who, I guess, enjoy their jobs, I've been told my whole life they don't make much money. And I guess compared to someone on unemployment, they make pretty good money. And they only work 181 days out of the year, out of a 365-day year. You think about that, they pretty much have half the year off. So if you're making 40000 to work half a year, then you must be making 80000 if you worked the full year. And many teachers do just that. They moonlight, not only after school and on weekends, but during their summer breaks, during those Christmas holidays. They take on jobs in retail because there's a need for more retail jobs during those peak holiday sales seasons. So, teachers who believe in their principles have to, not the principals who run the school, mind you, but teachers who believe in their principles, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E-S, not P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L-S, not the leaders of the school, but those who believe in their fundamental values, their systems of belief, their conservatism, their republicanism, their patriotism, are forced to keep their mouths shut and only espouse the company line of the Democrats and the lies of critical race theory. The lie that says that every black person in the school is marginalized by the color of their skin and that that is the fault of the white man and that every white person is privileged even if that white person is poor, destitute, homeless, living in a cardboard box under an overpass. The fact that he has white skin makes him automatically graced by privilege and that if he chooses to remain under that overpass in that cardboard box, destitute, broke, unemployed, uneducated, that he has squandered his white privilege, and that if any black person succeeds upon his own merits, any black person becomes a success because of education, hard work, devotion, dedication. Well, that black person is obviously a Uncle Tom pandering to the white man. You see, there is indeed a double standard and it is applied by the left, applied by the Democrats for the purpose of making the stupider white people feel something called white guilt, to which they should never feel, because as I've said multitudes of times on this program, no white person today has ever owned a slave. No white person's parents today have ever owned a slave. No white person's grandparents have ever owned a slave. No white person alive today's great-grandparents have ever owned a slave. Conversely, no black person, their parent, their grandparent, their great-grandparent, or likely their great-great-grandparent has ever been 
a slave. Not every black person in this country is a direct descendant of a slave. And certainly not every white person in this nation is the descendant of a slave owner. Your host, Steve Z, being one of those. My grandparents arrived in the first decade of the 1900s, more than 50 years after slavery was abolished. They've never owned a slave. And in fact, on my father's side of the family, his folks came over here not learning, not, not knowing a single word of English, learning it on their own because they were not allowed in the school system. They had to learn it on their own. They came here as indentured servants in the seafood industry, the oyster harvesting industry in South Louisiana, around the towns of Empire, Burris, Port Sulphur, Jesuit Bend, Belchase, Bay Adams, Braithwaite. They didn't know anything. They did not speak English, but they worked hard and they learned English. They learned the language. They became educated. They developed good, strong work ethics and habits. And they proved themselves to be valued employees. Some eventually buying their own oyster harvesting equipment and boats and starting their own seafood businesses, which thrive to this very day. If you've ever been to Metairie, Louisiana, or downtown New Orleans, and heard of the famous oyster bar, Drago's, that is a direct descendant of my family, the Steve Z family. Or, excuse me, we are direct descendants of that family. My apologies. I was passing a truck and lost track of my thought process for just a moment. One of the pitfalls of doing a live podcast whilst driving. Drago Satanovich, owner of Drago's Restaurant, a Yugoslavian American, now known as Croatian Americans. His ancestors came here with nothing. They went through Ellis Island. They established a small Yugoslavian community, the Islanos, I-S-L-E-N-O-S, communities south of New Orleans. And by hand, they picked up large clumps of oysters off of the floor of the Gulf of Mexico in the shallow waters. They put them onto boats. They brought them to shore. They used hammers and picks to chisel apart the large clusters of oysters. They cleaned them up. They put them in sacks, and they distributed them to restaurants, seafood processors for distribution around the world. If you are an oyster lover, as I am, you will know that the Louisiana Gulf of Mexico oysters are probably the best tasting oysters you will ever consume, whether on the half shell raw, live, or prepared in stews or gumbos, or fried, or charbroiled. If you want a real treat, come down to Drago's or one of the many restaurants in the New Orleans area not necessarily in the city of New Orleans. I don't recommend anyone ever, ever go to the city of New Orleans again. Crime rate is through the roof. But on the outskirts of New Orleans, local restaurants like Freneer's Landing, 
like Dini's Seafood, like Perino's Seafood, Perrin's, Charlie's, and Ye Old Village Inn, which once was a pizza place and now has some of the best oysters on the half shell in the city. The Acme Oyster House. Hell, how did I get on this topic? I guess I'm having cravings for some oysters. As I said, I'm traveling now down the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, headed southbound directly through the middle of Lake Pontchartrain, the largest lake in Louisiana. Heading down to do this umpire job today, hopefully to get two very, very far apart disputed appraisers to come together and evaluate this loss properly. Settle a dispute that's been ongoing now for just shy of a year. Date of loss was July 4th, 2020. Here we are, the 23rd day of June in the year 2021. The two sides are farther apart now than they were on the day the initial insurance adjuster went out to look for damage from a supposed windstorm that occurred on July 4th, 2020, which all the weather data that I have come forward and found shows no winds above 24 to 28 miles per hour, even gusting. These Spanish tiles, as you know, are extremely heavy and the way they're adhered to one another. I'll just have to see for myself, I guess. You may recall last year, or was it early this year, a high school student left school angry about the outcome of cheerleading tryouts. She got onto social media off of school grounds on her personal owned cell phone. She went onto social media and basically said, F school, F cheerleading, F all of you. Because she wasn't chosen for the team for whatever reason. I don't know the reason and I really don't care. But she was suspended and then ultimately expelled, I believe, from her high school because the school felt it necessary to, number one, invade her privacy and violate her rights to free speech. Yes, violate her rights to freedom of expression. Violate her right to give her opinion on her social media account. The school saw fit to deprive this young woman of her education that is guaranteed to her, just as it is guaranteed to every person of school age in this nation. The case went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, and guess what? I was right. She was right. Her civil rights were indeed violated, and she was subjected to humiliation ridicule, embarrassment, defamation, libel, slander, whatever the hell you want to call it, because her name became a household name when it came to her being deprived of her education and her right to express her opinions as guaranteed by the United States Constitution under the First Amendment. That's the Supreme Court's final decision, and guess what? You can't argue with that. That's it. She won. And oh, how I hope, oh, how I hope she sues the pants off of the school system, the principal, teacher, personally, personally, 
Civil rights violations are serious business, my friends. Remember what they're trying to do to George Floyd, uh, excuse me, Derek Chauvin, the police officer wrongly, wrongly convicted of killing the criminal thug, drug dealing, counterfeit passing animal named George Floyd. They're saying now that Chauvin should be held accountable for violating George Floyd's civil rights. They're seeking 40 years in jail. And the family's also seeking to sue Mr. Chauvin and his estate and his retirement account and every asset he owns. And I sincerely hope that the left gets a taste of their own damned medicine. I hope this young high school girl sues the living crap out of that school system, the principal of that school, and any teacher who was involved in depriving her of her ability to express her opinion as guaranteed by the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And for depriving her of her education. I hope that she wins a massive settlement to send a direct, clear message to the leftist, progressive, liberal, so-called woke, Democrat-run school systems that seek to punish common-sense conservative thought in this nation. I hope she wins big money big, big, big money, then she can throw a party like the family of the criminal thug George Floyd. They be throwing parties, they be having celebrations, they be building statues to the criminal thug in Minneapolis. I hope this little girl gets $27 million and one dollar. One dollar more. And I hope she uses it wisely. If she'd like, She's more than welcome to contact me here at thetruthhurtsprogram at gmail.com and send me a donation so we can take this program onto the air and nationwide. Because right now this program is pretty much restricted to the podcasting universe. The audience on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Radio Public, and a few other select podcasting platforms. If you like what you hear on the Truth Hurts program, please tell a friend, tell a relative, tell a co-worker. Just tell them, hey, you want to hear some common sense conservative thinking from someone who's not being paid by advertisers to bend the program's content a certain way or to avoid saying bad things about one industry or another? That would be this program right here, The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. Tell a friend. And if you don't like what you hear, just, just turn it off. We'll be right back. Introducing the 2021 Schluter Liberal battery-powered sports car for the flamboyant ultra-liberal who wants to go really fast. The Schluter Liberal is powered by four electric motors and 968 AA batteries that can propel this new car up to 160 miles per hour in only nine seconds. Do you need to travel far? The Schluter Liberal can travel up to 13 miles before needing new batteries, which can be purchased just about anywhere. 
For an additional $12,500, you can upgrade your Schluter Liberal to rechargeable batteries. You'll never have to drop off boxes of depleted batteries again at one of those pesky recycling centers. You'll never use fuel again. Simply recharge your Liberal at home. Shh, don't tell anyone that your home electrical service is still dependent on fossil fuel generating stations. That will be our little secret. Worried about safety? The Schluter Liberal is a two-seater that weighs in at 9,250 pounds. It comes with Kamala airbags, the kind you have to blow yourself, and self-groping seatbelts shaped like the President's own hands. And with starting prices at an impressive ultra-low $89,999, you can be the first person on your cul-de-sac to own a Schluter Liberal two-seat sports car. So order yours now. They're available only in California, while federal subsidies last. Plus federal tax, state tax, city tax, wealth tax, income tax, inheritance tax, estate tax, excise tax, capital gains tax, reparations fee, donation to Democrat National Committee, title, license, destination, entitlement, and fees. Some assembly required. Safety claims are totally false. Disposal of old batteries in landfills makes us cry. Thanks for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts program network. Mm-hmm.